This week on Frame Tracks, you know his music, but you probably don't know his name. And if you do, you might be like me and you probably can't pronounce it. This week, it's the powerful themes of Basil Polidorus on Frame Tracks. Welcome to another episode of Frame Tracks. This is a good one. Well, they're all good ones, but this is yet another good one. Okay, I just finished up my Inyo Morricone podcast, and in that one, I mentioned that I've been avoiding doing podcasts on two composers because I didn't feel confident pronouncing them. The composers were Inyo and Basil Polidorus. So let's tackle this mountain, the mountain that is Basil. Basil Constantine Polidorus. With a name like that, he must be Greek, right? Well, no. He was born in Kansas City in 1945, but his parents were Greek, and he credits his Greek Orthodox heritage as one of the major influences to his music. After high school, he attended the University of Southern California, where he met director John Milas, for whom he would write some of his greatest works. He also worked a lot with director Paul Verhoeven, for whom he would also write some of his greatest works. He was a great composer, what can I say? As you know, I like to start the listening with the score that I first heard from the composer. I remember hearing his music for the first time quite clearly. This one has a story, of course. In the early 80s, the film-going experience was quite different than it is today. Security was lacking, and sneaking into a film was actually pretty easy. And this is how I saw my first R-rated movie. It was a fantastic Peter Himes film titled Outland, and it starred Sean Connery as a cop at a mining facility trying to stop a drug trafficking ring. Jerry Goldsmith did that score, and it is great, as is the film. Watch it if you get a chance. The second, and more appropriate, was a fantasy sword movie starring a no-name actor in a slightly hokey film with a tight budget, directed by John Milius, who co-wrote Apocalypse Now. For an 11-year-old boy, this film was pure magic. My older brothers snuck me into the film through the back door of the theater, selling me on the stunt by telling me my mother had approved. But after about 15 minutes into the movie, I witnessed my first bare breast on screen, and I began to suspect my mother had not approved at all. 
I, however, was hooked. The visuals, the story, the violence, and yes, the boobs, all played before me over a bed of some of the most glorious music ever written for film. I did not know who Basil Polidorus was, but I never forgot that score, or the moment I first heard it. So, imagine if you will, a time before time. Snow blankets a forest at the entrance to a small village, when suddenly you hear a thunder of horses and a clanking of steel. It's the Anvil of Krom from Conan the Barbarian. Basil, 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 Basil. One is an herb, the other is a popular composer. That's odd. And why do we say herb and not herb? The British say herb, but we don't in America. English is a dumb language. That's my takeaway from all this. Anyway, let's do the trivia question for this episode. And this one I did not know, so I'd be surprised if anyone else does either. During his time at USC, Basil worked a bit as an actor. In what famous show did Basil appear as a background actor? Think about that one for a bit, and I'll have the answer later. 
Thankfully, Basil's acting career didn't take off and he settled into composing music. As I said before, he worked closely with Paul Verhoeven, and the two would work together throughout their careers. They did three films together, all iconic in their own right. The most popular of them was the 1987 sci-fi action film RoboCop. The film was conceived during the writer's time on the set of Blade Runner, but didn't really take off until the production hired Dutch filmmaker Paul Verhoeven, who injected it with a heavy dose of drug-induced energy and violence. So much so that it originally was hit with an NC-17 rating, before Verhoeven made some edits to get it down to an R. Although the film was received with mixed reviews upon its initial release, it found its audience on VHS where it became a smash hit. Verhoeven had worked with Basil previously on his film Flesh and Blood, and the two made magic together with this film. Basil's beefy orchestrations and epic style fit Verhoeven's dystopian imagery perfectly. So, from the 1987 film RoboCop, here is Across the Board.
Director John Milius followed up his massive success of Conan the Barbarian with a very different style of film. This anti-war war film focused on the early days of World War III as a Soviet and Latin American coalition mounts an attack on Northwest America. A group of teens escape into the mountains and, with their cunning, scrappy skills, prove to be a difficult distraction for the invading army. The movie starred up-and-coming megastars, including Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, Leah Thompson, and C. Thomas Howell. Milius turned once again to Basil to provide the score for the film, and just as in Conan, Basil turned in yet another powerful score. So, from the 1984 epic war movie Red Dawn, here is Death and Freedom.
Sean Connery hire Milius, who co-wrote Dirty Harry, to rewrite parts of the 1990 film based on Tom Clancy's novel titled The Hunt for Red October. That film went on to be directed by John McTiernan of Die Hard fame and became a financial and critical success. Although Milius didn't direct, I can't help but think he was partially involved in getting McTiernan to hire Basil for the score. And what a remarkable score it is. So here are a few selects from The Hunt for Red October. Oh. 
1991, the creators of Airplane and Naked Gun released Hot Shots, a film that spoofed the Top Gun series. It was so successful that only two years later, they released a second film titled Hot Shots Part Du, which made fun primarily of the Rambo franchise. Both films starred Charlie Sheen and Lloyd Bridges, and I'll admit, they got a good laugh out of me. I didn't realize until recently that the second film made use of the talents of Mr. Polydorus, mainly because he could mimic the soundscape created by Jerry Goldsmith in the Rambo films. He did a great job, however. So, from Hot Shots Part 2, here is Freedom Fighters.
Remember how great that track earlier from Conan was? Well, it was great. So here's another. This is The Orgy from Conan. The Orgy? My mom would have been so pissed if she knew my brothers had taken me to a film with an orgy in it. I mean, I was 11 years old. That crap we got away with back then.
So the movie Red Dawn was not the only time Basil would score a story about the Soviet Union invading America. He also scored the 1987 TV miniseries titled America, where America is spelled with a K instead of a C. We were obviously very concerned about the Soviets invading us back then, since a bunch of our entertainment played on that fear. Anyway, the miniseries, which featured Chris Christopherson and Sam Neill, was not very good. It got way too bogged down in the politics of the aftermath of the invasion instead of the action aspect of it. And I believe it had a downer ending. I don't think things ended up going our way in that one. Anyway, I guess the producers felt Basil did a good job with Red Dawn because they hired him for this as well. So from the not-so-great 1987 TV miniseries, here is America. Not everything Basil touched was gold. I mean, his work was, but some of the films were forgettable in the end. One of those was the 1986 fighter jet action film titled... No, not Top Gun. Did you think it was Top Gun? Top Gun is an instant classic. No, this was a poor imitation to Top Gun titled Iron Eagle. Now, I can tell you it did poorly at the box office and was met with very negative reviews, and rightfully so, but it did also get a slew of sequels, so somebody made money off of it. Anyway, what's important is Basil did the score, and here it goes. 
Verhoeven and Basil's next collaboration would come in the form of a sci-fi epic that was designed to mock the blind American patriotism of World War II. The result is a campy, fun action film that followed new, young recruits as they first experienced the horrors of war against an alien, bug-like race. There are two major standouts from this film. The first is the remarkable special effects that were created using CGI under the master control of the great Phil Tippett. The alien bugs in this film still haunt me to this day. The second was the remarkable score. In one scene, the humans mount a massive attack on the alien homeworld only to be ambushed upon their arrival. This spectacular scene shows the new recruits realizing they are way over their heads and will be lucky to survive. So, from the 1997 sci-fi epic Starship Troopers, here is Clendathau Drop.
Producer Dino De Laurentiis saw dollar signs after the release of Conan the Barbarian and quickly began work on its sequel, Conan the Destroyer. This time they shot for a more family-friendly PG rating instead of R, and the result is, well, as you would expect. The film isn't that great. There is less violence, no nudity, and more of an attempt at humor. And I do say attempt. The film actually isn't bad, it just isn't good either. Luckily, they had the foresight to hire Basil for the score, and once again, he did not disappoint. Although he reused some of the themes from the first film, he did write a less foreboding main theme. And here is that. The 1996 Olympics were held in Atlanta, Georgia, and was the first Olympics I ever attended and also worked on. It is most famous for a bomb exploding in Olympic Park and the dramatic aftermath. But what you may not know is Basil wrote music for the opening ceremonies. So, from the 1996 Olympics, here is the tradition of the Games. 
Milius and Polidorus collaborated once again for the 1989 film Farewell to the King, starring Nick Nolte. The film follows a World War II American deserter who finds himself appointed as king of the tribe in Borneo. When the British arrive and attack his tribe, he decides that this is a battle worth fighting and defends his people. Milius said the film is by far his best work, but that the studio butchered his vision in the edit and released an inferior film. To my knowledge, his original vision has never been realized, and that's a shame, because I bet it's great. From the 1989 film Farewell to the King, here is the main title and battle montage.
In a bunch of pictures on the internet, you can see Basil holding a cigarette almost in every one. And Basil died in 2006 at the young age of 61 from lung cancer. Smoking kills people. It's a shame because I'm sure he had a great deal of music to give to the world, but I'm glad he gave us what he did. His last feature film was a 2002 Chinese film starring Michelle Yeoh titled The Touch. Let's answer that trivia question now. Earlier I asked, in what famous TV show was Basil featured as a background actor? Turns out during his stint at USC, he dabbled a bit in acting, and he was featured as a background actor in the TV show Star Trek. How cool is that? I didn't like the film Free Willy. I found it sappy and fake. You can't set whales free after being in captivity. They'll die. Did you know that the whale that played Willy, Kiko, was freed in 2002? She was the first captive orca to be successfully reintegrated back into the wild. And if by successful you mean she died, because she died less than a year later. Officially, she died of pneumonia, but really what happened was she starved to death. Fun facts, don't believe blackfish either, it's crap. 
But Basil did do the score for those films, and, well, that's a good thing. So, from Free Willy 2, here is Whale Swim. I like to finish these podcasts with my favorite piece from the featured composer, who this time is the late, great Basil Polidorus. And maybe not surprisingly, we return to where it began. There is something wonderful about hearing Basil's magnificent score blaring through the speakers while heavily armored bandits ride through the wilderness on thunderous horseback. It's just magical beyond words. So, from the 1982 epic Conan the Barbarian, we end 
with the Riders of Doom.
you enjoyed listening to Frame Tracks, please log in and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to email me questions, requests, or comments to info at frametracks.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. And please support these great composers by purchasing their music. Until next time, this is Frame Tracks.